something some it's calling something podcast worthy in terms of like it's it's conversational value it's content value is a low bar yeah yes it is <sighs> but it basically just involves like anything that's going on in either of our lives that we don't care to keep private <laughs> that's really all it boils down to yeah, basically so yeah um weird thing uh, it's it is as we record this it is January 8th I have spent the last week betting real money on sporting events why it's kind of a long story but I will tell it um so due to some legal things um sports betting is now legal in Ohio yes um this has led every sports book app on earth to start offering ridiculous deals to try to get people hooked on their garbage. Yeah, I, I was I was I'm, I got to say I don't like the start of this conversation. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm really disappointed no, in in the 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 push for gambling to be made more accessible to people. Did, hold, I got to interrupt you really quick. Did you know that you can gamble on like streamers games? Yes. Like like that's what the f I don't know. Yes, no, I'm not I'm not doing that. Here's what this is actually Jesse's idea and okay. this sounds like I'm this sounds like I'm throwing her under the bus, but <laughs> it's actually just just hear me out, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Every single sports book is like, hey, we're available in Ohio now. Deposit five dollars and get we'll two hundred dollars in free bets. <laughs> okay, and also okay, yeah. and also like here is a bunch of things where it's like, hey, you can bet this thing that's like up to fifty dollars with one to one odds. And it's like if anybody scores a point in this game, then you win. <laughs> So it's like it, you know, it's like a basketball game, right? Where yeah. points are scored every five seconds. So it's like, okay, free money. So we have essentially signed up for all of these, taken all of the welcome offers, and doubled our money on on a bunch of like free win bets. Yeah. And are just cashing all of it out. <laughs> yeah, so no, we smart. we've signed up and taken all of the free stuff and on a on an initial on an initial like investment of like maybe a hundred, two hundred dollars, we have cashed out like over a thousand. <laughs> and then we're done. And then that's it. We're like, this isn't gonna be a thing. The whole idea is that like they're trying to get they're trying to get the they're trying to get people hooked. They're trying to get the dopamine going where it's like, ooh, I won and I received currency. 
Yeah, I mean, the majority of people will see $1,000 and keep going. Yes. And it'd be like, oh, man, what if it was $2,000? Yeah. And then they'll and then they'll get all that back. But if you have a modicum of self-control, like me, the person who plays free to the person who plays like free to play games and then never puts money into the gotcha. Yeah. Then like you can just sign in, make a bunch of money and leave. Yeah. And be like, thanks for that. Well, that's fun. Did you buy anything fun with it? A couch. Oh, nice for the for the the mid-level floor part yeah nice i like it i like it yeah as as you know um we have been we have been rolling with our uh lovingly lovingly we lovingly refer to it as trash couch (laughs) on account of the fact that we literally found it next to the dumpster in our apartment complex and we're like hey this is really nice yeah that was a a while ago that was like Like, four years ago yeah i was gonna say that's that's a long time ago now like that's about like it's we pulled that thing out from in front of the dumpster well both of them actually there were two i was gonna say that's yep yeah um and have been using it for longer than the couch that we actually bought from big lots with money (laughs) that thing broke in like 18 months holy crap Granted, we paid like $200 for it, so like we got what we paid for. I mean, real furniture is very expensive. Yeah, so we bought real furniture this time. That's how you know you're an adult. You're you're excited for socks and you spend $1,000 on a sofa. <laughs> real talk, I bought Jesse expensive socks for Christmas. <laughs> like seriously. I yeah, I believe it. And then you're excited about it too. You're like, "Yeah, I love socks." Yeah. <laughs> I got her I got her uh, Bombas socks. I have no idea what that is, but that sounds great. They're like $15 a pair. Yeah, I was excited. <laughs> I got like, I don't know, 12 socks for 10 bucks because they were usually 20 or something like that after a sale. I was like, these are awesome. They're very soft. And I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. But $15, they must be very, they must be very cozy. Nice, they nice, are, I mean. winter socks. Yeah. She says they're really good. They're specifically formulated to be running socks. And ah, um, okay, yeah. she's been complaining about um, like blisters and soreness in her feet and ankles and and legs oh, after running. Yeah. So, Wait, does she have does she have like good running shoes and stuff? Yeah, she's been she's been getting uh, she went to Fleet Feet. I think we talked about Fleet Feet. On oh, a, yeah. Because you were excited because you got your first. Yeah, because I got buying, new shoes. Yeah, because you bought like fitted shoes or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She yeah. She went there and got the whole thing where. They measured her feet and her gait and everything, and were like, okay, here's the shoes that will fit correctly on yeah. you. So now she's got... Uh, Are the socks, do they help her with the, with the like, the, the blisters and stuff? Or I mean, she's only gotten to run a couple times since oh, I gave yeah. them to her because we've been traveling, and now she's traveling. She's in Arizona right now. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, in a couple of days, she'll be in Florida. She's not going to be back for, like, a week. Um, oh, wow. Just works. Just stuff. traveling the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she just found out she has to go to the Netherlands in uh, December. I mean, that's cool. It well, is cool. Literally. <laughs> I say has to because it is for work, but like it's a like cool to thing to get to do for free yeah, it's and get paid freaking for. Freaking awesome. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Yeah, she's she's doing cool stuff now. <laughs> 
So anyway, um, that's uh, that's one thing. The other thing uh, that I've been doing is um, I got not one but two copies of uh, Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope for Christmas. What? How did you end up with two? <laughs> because two people, two different people, bought it off the same list and didn't didn't <laughs> communicate with each other to see if one of them had already bought it. Oh man, how is it? It's okay. Uh oh. It's good. It's really fun. I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time with it. But it's been such a long time since I played a game developed by Ubisoft. Yeah. That it is. I'm having this strange experience where it's like, wow, I forgot how, like, weirdly soulless AAA game design is. I don't rem- I remember enjoying the, the first one, but I don't remember anything about, like, the... I don't even remember if there was a story. There was. Oh, yeah, there was I remember there being a washing machine. It's so... It's so boilerplate. And, like... I keep, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm starting to just like skip through dialogue and cutscenes because it's like, yeah, no, I, no. Wow, you're skipping dialogue. It's not like me. Yeah, I know. Usually that's the part of the game that I want most to engage with. And it's like, you know what? Rabbids are minions. Yeah. And the writing is sort of reflecting that. It's just, it is, like, it's fine, but it's all just, like, the lowest hanging fruit, and not one of the, they keep, like, the whole thing is supposed to be funny. They keep cracking jokes, and I don't think I've, I don't think I've cracked a smile one time. Yikes. And it's not, like, it's not at a level of, like, cringe or anything. It's just, like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's the joke. Yeah, I think what I remember smiling at was just seeing Nintendo characters that I liked. Mm. Anything that was Rabbids related. Because I haven't no, played see, the new one. I, play, I just remember the first one. The and, gameplay and, itself is, like, obscenely fun. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's what what's I keeping me in. Like, I'm, I'm really enjoying actually playing the game. That's super fun. Um, All of the actual, like window dressing for lack of a a better term all of the aesthetic of it is man it would be a better game if nobody said anything (laughs) and it's not that again the the problem for me is that five out of ten is worse than one do you know what i mean well yeah. Yes. I, no. Well, I, yeah, yeah. I, I do understand what you're saying. Like boring is worse than bad. Yeah. So I think for me, when I, if I, I don't know, I think what it sounds like is, is you just pretend that that aspect doesn't exist and you just bang out with the, the cool battles and watch Mario do backflips and which is what I've been gone. doing. And that's really, that's really neat. Honestly, the changes that they've made um, to the actual battle system. Yeah. Uh, you have a lot more freedom in movement. You remember oh, how, like, the... Uh, you said you played the first game, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, you know you know how you had, like, the melee attack, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can move and you can kind of, like, slide past someone and it does damage. So... Yes, I love that. Yeah, it was so fun to do all those. Yeah, totally. Um, so that's still there, 
but in the first game, if I remember correctly, like you have to basically path that out. Yes. As part of your movement. So mm-hmm. like you can't like run out and melee attack someone and then run back to the other edge of your movement range. Yeah, you got like extra. I think if you hit them, you could. You yeah, can, like yeah, move a little right. bit extra afterwards. I think something like that, but it wasn't. I remember there being some sort of, I don't know, I just remember comboing things together and feeling really good about it, but it wasn't like a, you did have to actively think about how you were think, you know, doing the, the movement with it. So they give you a little bit more freedom where oh. now you kind of just have like a general area of effect of movement. Okay. Like a, you have like a radius. Yeah. And you can just and run And then you it. can basically just move freely within that radius um, and, and do whatever you want to do. Whoa. Until so like so you have a movement radius and you have what you have is like charges of certain things. So you remember you had like the team jump where you could like run up to somebody and get like a get like yep. a boost and they they'd hop you up to a new area. Oh yeah, yeah. Um so you still have that, you still have the dash attack, but there's limited charges on them. Yeah, and otherwise you could just like <laughs> Otherwise yeah. Just otherwise run back you could back and forth on top of them. <laughs> exactly. Um but once you do those things, you still have your free radius of movement. So what you have is you have your free movement, and then you have two action points. One of which can be a your basic yeah, weapon attack, and one of which can be like a skill. Mm-hmm. Dashing is not considered a skill. That that is on like a separate cooldown. Everyone has like one of those, and you can upgrade to give certain characters more of them. Oh yeah. So you can you can what that means is that if there is an enemy in your radius of you know, in your radius of movement, you can run out and melee attack them and then turn around and run back the other way to get into cover. <laughs> That's awesome. And the only real limitation that you have is that once you commit to doing your main weapon attack, um, you are you can't move after that. So that locks your that locks your movement into place. Uh, Okay. Also helpful is that um, it takes the. It basically does like full on. player turn, enemy turn, player turn, enemy turn, rather than having individual character turns. Which means that within that free movement, you can actually switch freely between your characters to have them all basically active and do actions in whatever order you want. Oh, that's cool. So one thing that's really helpful is you can, if you have characters that are like really far apart from each other, you know, you get like one character who's kind of, like, Luigi is, like, the sniper character. Okay. And you'll have him in, like, a high spot so that he can yeah, sort he of can do... Rain, he can rain down his, his bullets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is such a weird game. So, but then, like, once he's basically taken out everything in range, he has to he has to start moving. And half the time, like, the rest of your team is kind of, has kind of, like, moved on without him. Yeah. So you kind of end up with one character separated from the pack. So you can actually move one of your characters back to like to like meet your other character 
and they can come up and do like a team jump so he can get like a little bit of extra distance. Yeah, okay. And then you can bring the character that helped him with the team jump and just run them back up to where they were. Oh, so you yeah. can do a lot of like repositioning your characters to to get extra movement without really committing to just leaving them in that spot. God, that sounds good. It's it gives you a lot of a lot of freedom. Like it's really kind of it's really kind of stunning how much they let you do and how balanced the game still feels. I, that's you know that it doesn't surprise me that the the gameplay is fantastic still because that's that's the only thing I I mean I really liked that game and I thought I was not going to care I just bought it because I wanted to play something on my Switch and didn't have anything to play. Yeah, I believe and, I got it for free or not if not for free then it was it was some kind of. Um, I either got it with like points or like some sort of redemption thing. I don't remember. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I pay, I bought it this in the summer of whenever the of 2017. So I got it on some. I don't even know if it was on much of a discount, and I was I still felt like it was worth it. Yeah. Uh, well, of course, an Ubisoft game at full price, you know full well that that will be 75 percent off in yeah a couple of you know, months. Maybe I got like $10 or $20 off. It's, it it's like came buying out a like, game. It came out like a couple of months ago. And I still know that the people bought it, that got it for me, bought it for like 40 bucks. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, heck like that. that it's, it's, you know, a Sonic game, Ubisoft, any of those sort of most, well, no, I guess it's not true. Like Call of Duty doesn't go on sale, but they don't have to. Right. Um, until later. You, Until the next one comes out the following year. there Yeah, there might be like a mid-year, six months later kind of a, a deal. Right. Um, but <laughs> but when you buy almost... It feels like if you buy any game, except for maybe Nintendo, if you buy it at release, you better play it within a month or you're going to feel bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, because then it's going to be on sale somewhere. <laughs> yeah, totally. So yeah, I mean, like... It's really fun to play. They've made some they've made some changes. Um, battles, there's the battles are repetitive, but they're so short that it doesn't matter. Sure. Um, generally, I can get through. I'm, I'm playing on the, like the hard the hard difficulty and I'm still basically like running through most of the uh, battles in like two or three turns. Yeah, there are some that stretch on a little more than that. But if you, you know. Because there's so much that you can do if you plan it well, you essentially can you essentially can just roll through it. No problem. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the game being the first one being particularly challenging. I the, Some of the challenge maps I had to, you know, take a minute and, and plan out what I was doing. Yeah. yeah but for yeah. the most part, I remember it being sort of a the, the, what, what I liked about the game is that it all felt very fluid in terms of. You didn't have to spend a bunch of time like, oh, God, I can't do this. Or, you know, the the classic XCOM of, oh, I'm point blank range and my gun has a 10% chance to hit. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. The, uh. Like, there are three hit percentages in this game. <laughs> 150 and zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 50, like, if you have a clear shot and they're in range, it's a 100% chance to hit. If they're behind partial cover, it's 50%. And if they're behind full cover or out of range, it's 0%. That's all you have to think about. <laughs> yeah. So there's still, like, some degree of RNG, but it's not... 
like the XCOM problem of like I did everything right and still failed is not pre- is not present here. <laughs> yeah, XCOM is a brutal game. Yeah. I, I never played the second one. I, I played the first one. I played or the well, first the one. Remakes. I finished the first one and played the second one. I have probably started that game about 35 times and <laughs> never gotten it. stops you? Yeah, and never gotten past, like... Because I keep... I won't allow myself to finish it because I keep hitting the I keep trying to do it on like elevated difficulty in Iron Man mode. Oh, yeah, sure. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I lost my best character. So time to start the entire game over again. (laughs) And I just did that. Like I've played it for probably like 100 hours and never made any significant progress. (laughs) but i do like it but i also really like other grid-based tactics cover-based grid-based tactic games like this that take a bit easier uh uh, take a bit easier interpretation on the uh hit percentage system so it doesn't feel so it feels like you actually are rewarded for managing the battle properly yeah 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 xcom's more about um well it's more about just hedging your bets and hoping to god that something works out in your favor yeah it's like i'm behind full cover and they have a three percent chance to hit and a one percent chance to crit and they're dead right yeah exactly (laughs) sick (laughs) XCOM hates you for the most part. <laughs> it's almost like they're aliens using alien technology. I know, right? <laughs> it would oh, be yeah, better it's... if there wasn't even the percentage system in XCOM and it was just rolling the dice because that's what it feels like anyways. <laughs> they should just remove it and be like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. It should just be like colors. Like yep. maybe you'll hit if it's if it's green. Green, yellow, and red. Yeah, like that, that's it. Get rid of the percentages because they're meaningless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um... Are you going to auction off your second copy? No, I already returned it to the store. Oh, okay, that makes sense. It came with a receipt. Although, we took it back to the store, and we were going to just, like, get store credit and then use it for grocery shopping, because I believe it was a Walmart. Okay. And, um, the lady at the return counter was like, okay, I've put it back on your card, and I was like, but wait, uh... It's a gift. (laughs) It wasn't my card. I was going to get store credit, and... And she had the, like, you can see the oh shit on someone's face. Yeah. When they're like, I'm about to get yelled at. <laughs> and I, obviously I didn't because yeah. like honest mistake and, you know, <laughs> frankly, I just told you like 20 minutes ago about how I've been essentially scamming sports books for hundreds of dollars each. I mean, so they're, like they're, the forty I, I, wasn't going to make a huge deal. The the uh, I f- I feel like it's fine. They're 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 currently scamming people right as we speak for millions. That's correct. Of it's it's revenge scamming. <laughs> yeah. It's it like what's the conning the con man? Yeah, and and 
the truth is, is they 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 know a certain percentage of the population will do that, but it oh yeah, it is no, clearly outweighed by the thousands or hundreds of thousands that won't. Yep, yep. We've already we've already like taken way more money out of it than we than we ever put in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but most people won't, and they are willing to take some losses on what we are doing right now, because like there is one person. Literally, like, several people in Ohio lost enough money on January 1st to pay for everything we're taking out of them. <laughs> to pay for everything you're taking and a ton of other people. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. It <laughs> so doesn't someone, matter. Someone had to, you know, they lost their house mm-hmm. in, in the last week, probably. I know. I know. <laughs> but hey, you got a thousand bucks. Like, I am not... I'm just giving, I'm sorry. No, like, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a real down with you because, like, I don't <laughs> condone the practice, but, yeah. you know, the, the hey, shrewd, you can't change it. The shrewd person in me is like, well, if they're going to be here anyway, <laughs> I might as well, like, I might as well take them for what they're going to give me. Yeah. And, like, it's beneficial to me, but also sort of like a, a weird revenge. And it won't matter in the grand scheme of things, but it benefits me. Yeah. I mean, heck, you, you, you got money that you wouldn't have had otherwise. That's pretty cool. And uh, and like there was no real risk in it. It's like it's like I didn't have to win like a, a risky bet. I just like took what they I just took what they were offering. Yeah. And, then and I was just like, most cool, thanks. <laughs> It's it's kind of funny. So the uh, one of the the Dota streamers that like plays high level Dota, they were complaining about the betting sites because he's like, why people can bet on? He didn't know that they could bet on his games exactly. And he's like, what is going on? This was like I don't know, maybe like a week ago or a couple of days. I mean, it was only a few days ago. But he was every game he was in, he had someone on his team that would just f- basically purposely throw the game and. Uh, I guess they're a person that's what they do is they like queue up when certain streamers are queuing and then try and throw games. So Mm. that way then they bet against the streamer. So then they make like their $5 or whatever it is um, for throwing a a streaming game of Dota 2, which is I think that's crazy that that's that's like that can happen. Yeah, (laughs) that's sort of nuts. And there are there are people that are in like actual prison for doing that sort of thing in uh in like other sports yeah well and and it happens yeah like because there's been tournaments where people have done that and then they get banned from being yeah in dota tournaments and stuff so it it, it, if it's a organized sport like esport event then you you can't do that obviously right but but it would be really it'd be near impossible to regulate that for streamers because how can you prove it Right, 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 right. Um, and if they're in other countries and all that kind of stuff, so it's. I mean, it's, they would like the only way you could really do it is be like, oh well, if you if you're betting, then you can't participate, which is normally the way it works. But that's like you don't have to register. Yeah, you'd have to have you know, the only way to like uh, navigate that would be making it so to to bet you have to have a link to whatever game profile it is that you're right, playing right. on, and then it doesn't let you bet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Something like that, uh, but yeah, even you're then, right. Be like it would be, it. it would be a nightmare to try to regulate that. Yeah, and and, we, and no one, no company would want to take that. 
is yeah. certainly not Valve. <laughs> no. They are one of the ultimate hands-off companies. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. So, yeah. Um, Mario Rabbids is fun. I have complicated feelings about it because it's Ubisoft, and I've been trying to not play Ubisoft games, but since yeah. someone else bought it, and, you know... I, it's it doesn't matter like it's the same money to the company for a game that I'm playing but it's already here so I mean I, I, like we, whatever yeah yeah the, you know they're 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 maybe they're being better they're not <laughs> they're really not they haven't done anything to suggest as much now it's well, bad but like it's it's been really eye-opening because it's been such a long time since i played i mean basically like the last game that i played from ubisoft or activision or ea that like that's like a main release game was mm-hmm. like the last mario rabbits game yeah, and that's like five years ago and it, i've been i've been playing so much um so much indie stuff like i've been playing this around the same time that i finished river city girls and it's just like the difference in how much heart there is in the writing and the care taken in the game and you know jokes and references and and just just fun that is that is like laser focused to me and people like me mm-hmm and then you get into something like uh, Sparks of Hope and it's like, oh, this is like this is like Hollywood blockbuster lowest common denominator writing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, like you can kind of feel that like, oh, this is for, you know, not everyone is going to laugh at this, but I know who is going to laugh at this. And it's honestly like a lot of people, but it's also the people who like think it's the funniest thing in the world when someone farts <laughs> yeah thanks michael bay you know what I, like you know what i mean it's like that kind of it's that kind of feeling yeah yeah now i don't want to be like you know elitist here it can be funny when people fart of course but like it's not and i should be clear i've been playing i've probably 10 15 hours into sparks of hope and i don't think there's been a fart joke Okay, okay, good. There's no no other bathroom jokes cuz that's a staple for children entertainment for Right, some right, right. But it's it's that kind of like it's that kind of you know, low effort wit that's that's just like, oh, okay. Like yeah. that's no, like I know what you mean. I I It's a recognition being... that it's like it's supposed to be funny without actually finding it funny. I mean, I I saw the trailer for the game so I knew exactly what what sparks of hope would be in terms mm-hmm. of the characters and the writing. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't care yeah. about any of that. So the, the, I, the only reason I didn't buy it is just cause there's, I have so many games I'm playing and I was like, you know, I don't want to, I'm, I was trying not to buy a bunch of new, uh, a bunch of new games when I had other stuff to play. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I would have bought it for sure because I loved the gameplay of the first one. And, and, and I decided that it will be 90% off um <laughs> by the time i do have games to play or by the time i do have time to play that game rather uh because it looked i mean it looks the gameplay looked awesome yeah so and it is it's really fun it's it's like for all of my for all of my like complaints about it um it's it's totally worth it yeah. like it is 
It is a thoroughly enjoyable game. Truly. You know, speaking of, uh, I found a video game that I, I, I need you to play at some point in virtual reality. It's okay. not it's not played with like normal like the wands or the movements. You sit in a chair and you play it with a controller and basically the camera you're kind of like a Lakitu from Mario 64 where you're just kind of the head in the sky looking over everything and it's so much fun to play. Oh my okay. god. It's uh the Astro Bot Rescue Mission um for the PlayStation Virtual Reality. It's it's honestly I felt like a little kid playing a video game like a 3D platformer for the first time. It's it's just so much fun because of the stuff that it does with the perspectives since you know you're kind of the the head in the sky then you control the the little robot with the you know the controller the PS4 yeah, controller. Yeah. And it feels so good. It's so much fun. It was I don't know. I don't want to talk about it too much because some of the things that they do is just cool to see. So you know the the, the next time we're able to hang out I I will uh you know depending on what else is going on I, I might be able to bring the the PSVR so you, you I think this is a VR experience that you would enjoy. I mean so there are VR experiences that I have enjoyed. Um like when Jesse first got her Oculus I played a good bit of Pistol Whip. I oh, played yeah. a little bit of Beat Saber. Um I played Super Hot VR. Oh yeah, yeah. That game's really fun. That game's um, so good. There there are things that I enjoy playing in VR. It's just I haven't done any of them in like a couple of years now. Yeah, so I Cuz it's a novelty where it's like, "Hey, this is fun and now back to playing normal video games." So I I've, I've haven't touched my VR headset for a long time and I don't know why. I was like, "I want to play these games that are here because they're here and I own them and I got them for free because it was one of those I think it was in 2020 Sony gave a bunch of the I think they gave three VR games away when the uh, pandemic was kicking off to like get people to you know stay inside and stuff um and of course it was good marketing for them obviously but uh so they gave Moss the the robot game the the astrobot and mm -hmm. paper beasts and i played through all three and they were really really good paper beasts it was more of a um you, i still you still use the controller and you do like the teleport you move things but it, it's not too awkward and it's atmospherically it's phenomenal like the audio engineer did such a good job um okay it was really cool like it would be i would i would have i don't know if I would say you should play through it. Like if, if I were to bring the PSVR and you were trying it out, I would say you don't play through the whole game, but definitely play it for 30 minutes just so you can see what it's like because it's a trip. Um, Moss was incredibly good too. Uh, it's it's also one of the games where you're, it's like a storybook. So you're, it's it's again, you're like a head in the sky and then you control the character with the, with the controller, which mm -hmm. honestly works super well. Uh, and, but yeah, all three of those were, were, I don't know. They were fun. It was just I felt I felt it felt new to play a 3D platformer, which is weird, right? Because yeah. like I hit a button and a bunch of vines popped out and there's leaves on it and the leaves like wrapped around my head. So I was like platforming up and I had to turn my head to look where my character was to then do like some platforming. It was <laughs> and it sounds like that would be awkward, but it wasn't. It felt yeah. I was good. gonna say like it that sounds like interesting and kind of immersive, but also like. If you, it sounds like 
struggling to control a camera in a 3D platformer. But yeah, but it's not because it's not it doesn't feel it doesn't feel bad ever. I never once thought, wow, this is annoying. Like I can't see what I'm doing. A, because the controls are really tight. Like it it feels good to play. Like it would be a fun 3D platform without all of the cool VR stuff. Yeah. Uh, and also they they give you um you know how the, you know Mario's flood, right? So you you know hmm. you can jump and then your double jump has little laser boots come out that give then give you a hover so you can see exactly where your character is and obviously that was done on purpose to help you with perspective and and figuring out where you are in the space. Sure. So I never had time doing 3D platforming ever even for all the like the hard challenge levels and stuff. Okay. It was it was very easy to control. Uh Okay. It's just cool. I was yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I, I, I haven't that. played a lot of um I haven't played a lot of for lack of a better term, like action games. Well, I, I suppose Super Hot is an action game. It it's hard to I don't know what it is. It's just like a th- I don't I don't it's it's so it's just a three D platformer, but it's in VR and yeah, Zoss yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. Like I haven't played a lot of games where you are intended to move your character. I yeah, guess. yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, because I also played the Batman VR game, mm. which I don't know why I waited so long to play it, which is a stationary one. You know, you just stand in a space and you turn around and stuff. But it was, right, it right. was great. I mean, it is more of a tech demo of what standing in place in VR can be. So it is 100% just a novelty, not a full game. Sure, But I, sure. I liked playing it. It was, it was fun. But I also like Batman a lot, so I'm biased. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but that's more of the traditional, hey, look, check out this VR experience, and it's standing in a space doing stuff, or doing, like, you know, a rhythm kind of game where you don't have to move a whole bunch. So sitting in a chair playing with a controller was very, very unique for me, because I just haven't played that many. Uh, and I tried playing Skyrim more in VR, but man, this, the spiders scare me. They're so spooky <laughs> in VR. That's such a real problem. They're so big, and they, they come into your face, and it's like, dude, don't. Just leave me alone, Mr. Spider, please. Because <laughs> in the game, they're not scary. When I'm playing on a screen, nothing in Skyrim is, is spooky. I mean, maybe it's like, ooh, like, you know, you can let yourself get a little spooked out when you're thinking of the, you know, when there's, like, some weird creature that's coming at you or whatever it is. Sure, but it's sure. not like... It doesn't create any sort of real tension. But in virtual reality, the first time the spider comes down from the ceiling, like in the opening cave, there's a part of me that's like, Jesus, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really weird how that the perspective of VR changes it. Yeah. I mean, like, it's that's kind of the intent, right? Like, uh-huh. it's yeah. it's more immersion. Yeah, I don't I don't know how people play. I truly don't know how people play horror games in virtual reality. I I can't. Oh, yeah. I mean, like if you are really about being scared, but like that's honestly the last thing that I want. Yeah, no, I know. (laughs) Like I get jump scared in like I get jump scared in games that are not like scary at all. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I had that in in Paper Beast. There's a few times where I was like afraid, which is funny because everything's just kind of alien things made out of paper and they're not particularly scary but I, something about vr just the immersion of it all makes me super i guess on edge yeah um, yeah no it taps that like real fight or flight instinct where like if you turn your head around and you see a, a big scary thing there like yeah even if it's not that scary <laughs> it takes a, it takes a minute for your brain to process that like it's not a real thing and you're safe. Yeah. 
And in that minute, your brain is instead going like, oh, shit, we're going to die. There's a a spider the size of a Volkswagen in front of me. Please get this away from me. (laughs) And all I have is this stick. I don't even have magic. Um, But I don't know. I, I forgot how fun VR can be. And I want to play, I think now that I've played a bunch more in VR, I would be okay going back and playing more Skyrim again now that my brain's used to it in a way. Um, you do, but I, there is like an adjustment period, right? Yeah, yeah, Where because it, it's like, oh God, that's real. I had to stop playing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I saw the spider, I legit closed my eyes and took the headset off. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, this is uncomfortable. I can't play it right now, I'm not ready for this. Oh man, that's good. Um, so I'm planning on going back and playing more Skyrim in VR, but I, I need, I needed to give it some time. <laughs> yep. Understandable. <laughs> understandable. But yeah, I don't know how I, I was like, I, I don't know how people play. I mean, jump scare games are going to be scary no matter what VR. Sure, or not. Sure. So that's just a cheap scare, but I don't know how people play like the resident evil games in VR. Yeah. I, I don't cause those games are creepy and jump scares. Like they're atmospherically, they have, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and then they're also going to be uh, like they can be scary without virtual reality. Some to a degree, not so much the old. I mean, I haven't played a Resident Evil game in a long time. I don't know. I haven't really had a jump scare in a normal video game that did more than like, oh, my my heart's beating a little faster. Yeah. But with, it didn't even get like a real jump scare. So it's 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 funny how it shifts so much once it virtual reality is in play. Yeah. Even with movies and stuff, it doesn't usually like obviously, it's it's a, you can't not be jump scared. It's it's impossible for the most part, right, unless right. you're like hardened and trained, and you know <laughs> the even even then it's still there. You just have a way to control it. Right, but, uh, right. VR man, instantly just just a a paper thing walking into my face gave me the whoa God, what's that? <laughs> I mean, even outside of VR, like I there are there are literally clips on the internet right now of me. Sh- shrieking oh, yeah. at the top of my lungs in uh, Outer Wilds. I was going to say Outer Wilds is the one that I remember. Seeing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so it's it, I was excited because I I knew Astrobot was going to be fun. I didn't expect it to make me feel like I was playing Mario 64 for the first time. That's uh, fun. Which was a really awesome, wonderful, very unique experience for someone yeah. who spent so much time playing video games. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. This actually segues pretty well into... So, would you like to take a question? Yeah. Um, we might take two questions, because oh, there's one that we may have already answered. Oh, okay. Um, both are from Swoggles. Let's cue the music. Um, the first one, which we might just glide through really quickly, is... Did you get any stuff you're excited about for the holidays, including experiences or memories? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like uh, hanging out with family, watching movies and stuff. We got, I got to see a bunch of shows and mo- well, not so much shows, but movies that I had on like a list of films to see with um, the family. So it was, you know, things that my mom would like, that kind of stuff. So we watched like mm-hmm. Knives Out, the sequel to that, which was good. Oh yeah. Um, see how they run was a fun kind of whodunit movie. I don't know, but yeah, watching movies, eating great food, excellent food, uh, cool gifts. Uh-huh. That's, that's it feels weird to talk about like specifics i guess i don't know what you you can i'll let you start <laughs> well like the thing that i am probably most excited about for the holidays was getting um was getting sparks of hope because i've been playing that 
aside from that, like, the holidays are a pretty benign period for me. Sure. Um, I am currently trying to think of anything else that I received for in the season and am unable to. <laughs> um, Did you guys have some some uh, some memorable food? Something something cozy, something fun. Uh, no, no, no. We um, we played Dark Souls for New Year's. Oh, that's cool. And actually, how's, how's that we're going? still streaming when the clock turned midnight, and we were like, "Hey, that happened." <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I feel about that. <laughs> um, we uh, Christmas was weird because we had to travel for it. Oh yeah, like oh, yeah, actually you make on a... Christmas Day because the roads were too icy before that. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we were down there for like a day, and it was fine. And then we came back. Was that, the, how was the drive? Uh, mostly fine. There were some sketchy icy spots for the first half of it. Once we got for, once we got far enough south and it got late enough in the day, it pretty much all melted. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was all gone in a few days, even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it like we tried to go out on Chris on the twenty fourth on Christmas Eve, and it was just everything was an ice sheet, and we turned around and came back. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and we left the morning of uh, Christmas Day, and it was better. That's cool. Not like all the way back, but like ninety percent. There were a couple of really icy patches where we just kind of had to slow down and be careful. But it was mostly okay. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, but yeah, it's like funny. really, it's not a super exciting period for me. Yeah, I get so. that. Yeah, no, but I, I, I got I got uh, Sparks of Hope and I started playing that and it's been fun. But I've already talked about that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get a. There's no um, game or you know super relatable like podcasty kind of. Yeah. Because uh, it's it's weird. Christmas used to be getting games and stuff, but now that I don't know, it's easier. I buy most. I pretty much get everything digitally, so it's kind of hard to ask for that for. Uh, like gifts mm-hmm. because then it's like oh yeah I want this game but I want it digitally so I guess just give me a check or something <laughs> yeah yeah so so I don't uh, and I usually wait for deals anyways and then it's hard because then um like I remember there's a couple years where my mom wanted to buy me some she wanted to buy me some video games and I was like okay cool well here there's a sale going on so then it's like well now I know for sure these are what you're buying me and I feel like I'm demanding it <laughs> yeah that's weird. always weird i always feel that way whenever whenever anyone's like like give me your list and it's like all right i do want i will do that because that will make things like easier for you but yeah. like man i hate this whole song and dance where it's like i need to know the exact thing to get for you because i have to buy you a gift but it's hard <laughs> and it's like like I don't know. The way I always felt about it is like, you don't have to buy me anything. If there is something that you think is really cool that you want to get and give me, then that's fine. But this whole obligatory gift buying period is really unpleasant to me. Yeah, I had a lot of fun buying gifts this year because I, I bought cool stuff from uh, Fan Gamer. Mm. Um, I did like really I fun. did actually enjoy. Um, I also did enjoy giving 
gifts this year because uh, I bought most of them in Korea and brought them back. In fact, I still have one for you. I know. I'm excited. It's, It's more a general souvenir than it is a specifically holiday gift but christmas gift because <laughs> you're probably not getting it until like february or something <laughs> yeah if, if, if yeah if we can work that out <laughs> i've apparently got a bunch of people coming to visit in february so wow well i say a bunch of people like my mom and my brother-in-law on like consecutive weekends it's kind of funny because <laughs> that is a bunch when usually the number of people you have visit is zero <laughs> is zero yeah absolutely there's a reason we went out and we're like okay we're starting to have visitors again so it's time to replace the couch <laughs> we gotta do it <laughs> yeah we're at that moment where you're like we don't care but Wait, we do care, apparently. Yeah, like, we gotta <laughs> we gotta keep up appearances a little bit. It's also just been, like, it's at the point now where it's been, like, a little bit uncomfortable sitting on the couch. It's getting a little tired. Yeah, it's it's definitely, like, you gotta, like, keep fluffing the, the, the cushions up and make sure you sit in the right spot. And, like, it's, mm. it's definitely getting there. Yeah, so yeah. So, it's not just for, uh... It's not just for everyone else. It's also just like we've been talking about getting a new couch since we moved here. We initially were just going to pitch out our uh, our uh, trash couch. Yeah. And not bring it with. But then we were like, ah, we actually looked at furniture prices and we were like, oh, yeah, no, we'll keep this one. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh-huh. I know that feeling very well where you're where <laughs> you get something that. You get yeah. the sticker shock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or you're just like, you know, this is good enough. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm really bad about it. Cause my, my chair that I'm currently sitting in is, well, the last two office chairs I've had were basically being thrown out at my office. Cause they were mm-hmm. already broken for one reason or another, but I was like, well, I don't care about that feature. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the one I currently have is permanently tilted forward. Unless you're like, actively you know rocking against it which is fine i don't mind sitting like that (laughs) the the hydraulic sometimes lower on its own you know the arms kind of coming off yeah it's not like i can't go buy a new chair but this one's good enough (laughs) yep yep so i i completely understand that i 100 percent understand the feeling of like yeah no this is fine (laughs) this will work i can Keep using this until it literally falls apart and then use the pieces for a little while. Yeah, no, so the, the, the office chair I had, well, two office chairs ago, it was one that, I, I, I'm not kidding, this was, it was the very first office chair my, we ever purchased at my mom's house, and I liked it, and it was comfy, and she let me bring it to college, and then it just kind of became my chair. And when I was in graduate school one day, I sat down on it and leaned back, and the bolts just broke off of it. Oh, like, I, I, have ex- I have had that happen. Yeah, so, like, all the bolts just snapped off, and then um, that was like, oh, well, maybe I can, like, place it on top and balance it for a little bit. Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is hard. So then I actually had a stool, so I just put the comfy, like, the it wasn't even comfy anymore. I, I had to use, like, a, a wheelchair cushion on the, bo- of the butt, which was also, it was my grandma's, and when she passed, it was just sitting there. I was like, oh, can I have this? It will make a comfy, it'll make this, this 20-year-old office chair comfortable. Um, and... Uh, so I, I placed the chair on top of a flat stool 
mm-hmm. that worked for a bit. But you know, if you if you wobble, it was wobbly. So if I leaned one way or the other, obviously it would just fall over. Right. Uh, yeah. And that was when I realized, oh, cool, the office is throwing out a chair. I will, I will, I'll, I will borrow that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I used that until the, I think the arm fell off completely, and it was no salvaging at that point. Yeah. But they were throwing out another one, so I grabbed that instead. And now I've had this one for a few years. My, my, my I love is... that our discussion of stuff that we got for Christmas <laughs> devolved, into devolved into the things that we got, pain. like the secondhand garbage that we used for years. <laughs> because we just hate getting new stuff. I, I enjoy it. I just don't. I enjoy it once I've decided I'm doing it. But until then, I'm very comfortable with, yeah, this will work. Like, you yeah, know. no, I, I'm completely with you. My, my plan is I have a plan. So my, my computer is 10 years old. I need to buy uh-huh. a new computer. Yeah. So I'm waiting. I've been putting it off until there's a game I need to play on a computer because my computer functions perfectly fine for what I use it for. Um, you know, Dota 2 and Diablo 2 are not exactly taxing video games on your yeah. computer. <laughs> they're, 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 not, they're not pushing you to the limit. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have a 4K monitor, so none of that matters. Right. Um, so I'm... I'm uh, now that Diablo 4 is definitely coming out in June, mm-hmm. I, I would like to have a computer that will be able to play that and Starfield, which is supposedly coming out this year as well. Um, so my, my plan is just to, this is the year. This is the year that, okay. that I will upgrade my computer. I would mm-hmm. like to, I'll buy a new office chair and I might even buy like a nice monitor. So I'm not, my, my monitor is also, so I had a monitor for 10 or so years and it just died one day and since i'm uh working at a university i was like hey do we have a monitor i could use like oh yeah sure so so i'm i'm using uh, a university loaned monitor at the moment that's you know it's it's again good enough so maybe i'll buy like a uh you know a high refresh rate you know good resolution monitor something something fancy and fun so that i can play starfield and uh i mean diablo 4 doesn't need it because it's just who cares that's just about killing lots of monsters. Yeah. Um, well, in that case, like in things where like there's just a lot of stuff going on, you start wondering about like, do I need a better processor? Yeah, yeah. To yeah, actually yeah. like run all of these effects at the same time or all these like sort of subroutines. Exactly. That's how come I want to buy a whole new. Yeah. Buy a whole new computer. Start fresh. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of fun. I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm going to build it myself or if i want to just um go through some you know like a place that just puts it together for you i really enjoyed the experience of just going in and picking out parts and being like and they were like okay come back in a few days yeah that i mean that that's kind of cool that is awesome right like that's i've built the last few computers that i've had so i i enjoy that process too but Mm. i don't know it could be cool to just pick the parts and move on with your life did, did yeah. you do it uh locally yeah i went to micro center i was gonna say i because I, I was that's what i was thinking if i was because the online ones the only thing i don't like about it is that they just kind of sometimes you don't really know exactly what brand of stuff you're buying yeah and i like to know all of that stuff yeah no what i did i took my um i initially took my computer in for repair because it was having startup issues mm-hmm. and it had also been like buzzing and I was like, yeah, hey, do something about this, please. <laughs> um, and 
the um, the diagnosis was essentially like, dude, I think your motherboard's dying. <laughs> and I would have taken that with a grain of salt, except that I had started to suspect that myself. Yeah. The um, I've been getting a beep code on startup. There's like four rapid beeps. <laughs> and it's like this. I looked up what that means. And it's like it means one of two things. It means a your um, your battery, the the CMOS battery sure. yep. for like um, keeping time, basically, mm-hmm. is dying. So I replaced the battery and it didn't do anything. And it continued to do it continued to do the same uh, beeping. And then like, OK, what's the other option? The other option is that your motherboard is damaged. And I'm like, all right, that's probably not good. Yeah, well, and then you'd have to buy an either an older motherboard if your parts are older or mm-hmm. if, like, you, you know, you have to make all that. It's like, you know what? Starting fresh. Yep. So I actually, um, because I have a nice graphics card. Yeah. And, you know, the RAM is fine and oh, yeah, you know, you the can hard drives parts, are in there. Yeah. So I was like, all right. Here's my here's my box. Keep take these components out of it. Put it in a new case with, you know, a new motherboard processor cooling system. Yeah. Yeah. The power supply was good. So that was easy. Um, all that stuff, basically. It's just like so it's like a, it's like a half rebuild. Yeah. It's a new motherboard, so it is essentially a new computer, but it has, like, half the same components that my old one had. Yeah, I mean, the motherboard's super important, because if it's a newer motherboard, then later on you can upgrade the other parts way easier. Exactly. So I went, like, I went more, like, future-proof on that one. Yeah, yeah. And just moved the other components into it, because those can be swapped out whenever they, uh, whenever they need to be. And that was reasonable. Now I have like basically a, you know, a mid high end system and it didn't cost as much as just buying one straight up. But what I did is I went in and just talked to the people there and just started picking stuff off the shelf. Nice. It's like, well, all right, we'll use this. We'll do that case. We'll do this processor and just brought them all up with my uh, with my existing box and they were like okay we're, we'll we'll do all of this and it'll be done in you know I, I don't remember how long it was it was like three or four days that's so cool so yeah it was a really that was a really positive experience so I hope that you have an equally positive experience yeah, honestly um, I think you have a micro center near you I yeah we do yeah I recommend actually going in there to if nothing else at least like shop even if you don't end up buying it there just being able to look around at things and talk to people about what you want it's a it's a good experience yeah yeah i've, I've had a good experience i've used i've um been to micro center before when i built the other computers i did just a lot of research through you know different websites and reddits mm-hmm. and things like that the yeah. pc master race um <laughs> reddit is elitist obviously but also tongue-in-cheek for the most part um and a lot of those people are 
they, they're they're very knowledgeable about what's going on and it's cool because there's a lot of there's a lot of people asking questions that are like hyper specific like i have this budget what can i do with this and from there then i can build the knowledge base of oh, okay cool i want to do this because part of the joy for me when i'm looking at a computer is figuring out what parts go together like i so sure. When Diablo, it's sort of funny, my, my computer building tends to cycle around game releases. So I, I built a computer for Diablo 3 mm -hmm. and for myself and a friend. And my friend had a, uh, it, was, it was Kyle, and he had a slightly, um, he had a different, like a lower budget. So it's like, well, let's figure out, let's make the absolute cheapest computer that we possibly can that can run Diablo 3 flawlessly. And, and that was really fun to figure out all the parts and uh ways to do that for really really cheap yeah so that was a good time and then the, the computer i'm using now i got from um it's the leftovers from a from a grant so it was like originally for research and then the computer was going to just kind of be left to the dust and i was like well i'm just going to use it <laughs> I, I built it for the research and it's good enough so it's great um yep and now 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 we'll be doing that again we'll see how it goes i don't know it, it could also just be sort of fun to be like hey here's what I want. You figure out all the, the details for me. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like either way, it's going to be, it'll be nice. Yeah. It'll be a nice experience regardless of what you do. So I, I hope, I hope that you have a, uh, a genuinely positive experience with whatever you end up with. It's, it's nice that you're finally taking that, uh, taking that opportunity to, kind of treat yourself a little bit yeah heck yeah it's 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 uh i bought a the first time i ever bought a smart tv and like nice speakers and not smart tv jesus it was just a 1080p tv sure um and and like bookshelf speakers and like a receiver and all that stuff was because metal gear solid 4 was coming out and i was like oh i need i need this i need a ps3 and a tv and all this cool stuff so i can get the full experience of mgs <laughs> Honestly, like my experience is kind of the same. It's 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 always game driven. Like I don't need this <laughs> yeah. until like honestly, okay, so my computer started to actually die, but there was also this whole feeling of like, oh, I need to I need to get a new computer. I need to upgrade my computer because my current computer will not play Elden Ring. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um which continues to be on the docket. Oh, it's, it will happen. It will happen when it happens. It will. I almost it was on sale over the holiday and I almost bought it, but it was only like 30 percent off. So I was like, I bet I can wait for 50. <laughs> hey, you just you know what? You, you can use your sports betting money. I could, but I already put it all onto a couch. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Shoot. I forgot. I forgot you bought the couch. Never mind. Adulting <laughs> is so, hard, man. I was so excited for you. <laughs> Well, anyway, um, boy, you know what game doesn't require you to upgrade your computer to play it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alucard doing a Michael Jackson toe tap when he when you tap the jump button. <laughs> yeah, did you like that I brought that up for you? <laughs> I mean, you might have seen it too. I don't know. I did not until you said it. And then I was like, oh, 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 no. Yeah, if you just tap the jump button, that's totally what he's doing. We should play. Uh, we should play Moonwalker at some point. Yeah, 100 percent. Yes. 
that would be fun. I've never I've never played the game. I've I I've seen I it. have played like I played it a couple times as a uh, just as a novelty. Yeah. Just as like, hey, this could be fun. <laughs> um. So we played Castlevania Symphony of the Night for the GameCom. Anyway. Um. Yeah. There is about. I am looking over to my left, and there is about to be a a doggo dust up. Uh oh. They're getting ready. Getting ready to fight. They're getting ready to chase each other up and down the hall, and they're doing it. <laughs> anyway, um, right. So the um. So shoutouts to Stop Skeletons from Fighting, mm-hmm, uh, a YouTube channel that I brought up many times before that deserves a follow. Um, Derek and Grace at Stop, at Stop Skeletons from Fighting do the exact type of content that I really, really like, which is just pulling up some like obscure forgotten stuff that no one else would really care about. I mean, it's it's like just it's just bringing up pieces of gaming history. And yeah. one of the things that came up was like, hey, somebody released a straight up just unreleased port of Castlevania Symphony of the Night for the Tiger Gamecom. And it is basically done and feature complete. And it is it was never put out it was never released but like the files got out there somehow and you can go play it so i browbeat you into installing a a gamecom debugger slash emulator and i sat down and played the whole thing start to finish that you did that you you did i mean you really did and i have such complicated feelings about it because I mean, it's so good, bad, good. It's. Bad. I still think what I said when you first started streaming it is that it's an impressive thing. It is. It is. And, and it's it's it, it is funny because that is the when I don't remember. I guess it was before, um, before the holidays, where because you had because you had watched the that YouTube the the stop was fighting and then I I had randomly said hey we should play uh, this game and I linked yeah it yeah like, yeah oh yeah. I see you've been watching I was like oh no my my another friend watches that channel and told me about it. I was like oh man that's cool and I didn't know that it was from that channel so it was really funny that the two of you guys both like it and talk about it and then <laughs> here we are playing yeah uh, it's it's funny that we essentially both heard about it from the same source but i got it firsthand and you got it secondhand <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i was you brought it up and i was going to bring it up to you oh, i really? thought it was cool too but you beat <laughs> me to the you beat me to it <laughs> it felt it, i mean this is assuredly a dean thing because let's be honest everyone listening is no i i turned it on and played it for 10 minutes and <laughs> turned it right yep. the hell off <laughs> I was I was still sitting on Discord like waiting to waiting to like uh troubleshoot. I was like I'm here if you if you need help. If you need to know like you know what to do or how any of this works. And I was sitting there waiting for you to like say something and then you were like okay, I'm done with this now. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Oh yeah, no that that tracks." <laughs> yeah. I think 
It was like, I think I played it for around five or six minutes. Because <laughs> I played it for, I played it for a bit longer after um, I jokingly said, yeah, well, I'm done with this now. <laughs> yeah. You did watch a good portion of my playthrough of it. Yeah. And the thing I mean, is, okay, so you can tell just in your in your first five or six minutes with it, it controls like a Tiger Electronics video game. Which, which you know, that does check out. Yeah. Like, it I is... I forgot that... It is that. slow and rough. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I really did forget that um, Gamecom was Tiger. Yeah, I always do. I, I, like, I know, I know Gamecom. I always forget that it's the same company that did those, like, $15, you know, LED or LC... Not LED, <laughs> LCD... You're basically, you're basically, it's, you know what? Tiger is our version of the Game & Watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the, it's like the 90s Game & Watch. Yeah. Late 80s, I guess there's probably maybe one or two. I, feel like I associate it more with the 90s. I think there may 90s. have been some before that, but they yeah. were very prevalent in the 90s. And it was like, you know, you had, if you had parents, as you probably did, Probably, yeah. <laughs> and you were into games and they didn't really understand games. It was very easy. Could have been an aunt or an uncle. True, true, true. It would very it'd be very easy if you were into games as a kid for a parent or guardian or family member to walk into their local toy store or even big box store and see this little handheld thing on the shelf that says like Star Wars or Donkey Kong or whatever, yeah, whatever sure. it was. It's, it's, it's got a cool picture on it. The it's art got always a cool made picture it look... on it and, it. and it has the name of a franchise that they recognize. I mean, the, the art on the box of the Tiger Electronics devices always looked really cool. True. It seemed like you were getting a real video game. Yeah, very true. I don't think I, I'm going to guess a lot of people in our situation probably owned one, at least one. Oh, I had devices. probably three or four. One <laughs> of them definitely was Star Wars. I don't remember what the other ones were, but I know I had I know I had others. I had others that weren't Tiger, too. Um, I know for sure that I had one that was like. I had I had a couple of sports related ones. I definitely had like a baseball, basketball and football. I think related I one. Um, but they're all like, they're all the same deal with like the LCD display and you start it up in every possible position that a, that a, a character or thing can be in all lights up at once. You remember that? Yes. Yep. Like it just shows, it just shows like every single one. And then at a certain point you play it enough and you're like, okay. You're looking at the startup screen. You're like, how do I get that to show up? <laughs> I know I haven't seen that one. So it's just like it's that company. <laughs> and they were like, we're going to like it was already kind of low key, a competitor to the Game Boy. Right, because it was this really easy thing to pick up for like 15 bucks, 20 bucks. And it, you know. They. Your family member sees it, and in their head, it says video game. 
And, and then I'm, it also says, like, name of TV show or movie or something that they've heard of. God, I, I, I linked you the R-Zone um, device, which was supposed yeah. to be like a, like, basically looks like a Dragon Ball Z scouter. And it was my, it was my aunt and uncle who bought that for me. Uh, yeah. It was, well, picture, <laughs> picture a Tiger Electronics handheld device, but then put it so it's like a, the, the whole display is just a scouter lens over your right eye. Yeah. And that, that's it. The worst thing that they did with that is there's, there's doggo chain. Like I, I'm tempted to like, I want to like reach up and grab my web camera and just turn it around to show it. But like no one would you actually, can. no one would recording. actually see it. <laughs> you feel free, <laughs> but it feels like it's like if I were on stream right now, I'd be like, Hey, look at these idiots. <laughs> This is why I don't leave my door open when we record. <laughs> but Jesse's not here, so I didn't want them to feel isolated. Yeah, so they, they, they'd even they'd, they'd uh, get even more wild. It's good though; they need the exercise. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not inclined to tell them to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, you were you were we were, we were just you know highlighting how you may have encountered Tiger Electronics. Yes, the Gamecom, yes. however, was not that scenario yeah no the gamecom you most certainly would not have uh accidentally picked up <laughs> it's so it feels like that kind of game like this symphony of the night port like the gameplay is bad there is no hit confirmation like no. at all you you, you have swing your weapon and all of the weapons swing exactly the same <laughs> and you just kind of have to guess whether or not you are actually hitting something. Yeah. You can usually tell because you'll level up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I guess only on bosses. It only was weird. On bosses. Yeah. Um, so so let's be completely clear here. Castlevania Symphony of the Night for the Gamecom is a real thing that people made didn't release probably there's reasons we discussed for why that may be but we don't know for sure yeah we yeah no idea um but it's it's real and it exists and it's bad it's a, it's bad like you would expect but not as bad as you would expect so i think i think it's fair to say it's the game itself is probably as bad as you're thinking yes but but, but against your package? expectations <laughs> yeah like he's got a he's got a pretty wicked walking animation going on they, yep. they have the entire symphony of the night story mind you without uh without the famous voice acting yeah but it has the story there it has the inverse castle it has you, you technically you get the true ending <laughs> it um, has levels it has like equipment stuff it has equipment you pick up. It has like transformations. It has familiars, even though the familiar kind of breaks the game. <laughs> kind of just a little bit. <laughs> um, like, so, yeah, like when I, I talked about this a bit on the stream, when you think of like, all right, so you got like a big game. You, you've got a you've got a big like open world like game. 
Um, I weird to call Castlevania open world, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, you have a you have a largely produced game that is taking advantage of like all of the sort of graphical advantages and processing advantages that the the console that they're on has to offer. Like it's yeah. a technically impressive game. And then you have the port, right? You have the mobile port. You expect the mobile port to be essentially a different game altogether. Yeah. Right. You don't, you don't think it's going to be, the, you think it's just going to be the same in name and that's about it. Yeah. And maybe it'll hit some of the same story beats, but you're going to get a very different experience. And certainly, if that if the mobile system that is being ported to is the GameCom, right? And against expectations here, what we ended up getting was an experience that is weirdly complete. <laughs> it's complete enough that you went into it thinking you were just going to skip it and, you know, be done. Yeah. Like not, not worry about it. I was essentially going to play it for as long as you did. I might. My plan was literally to get up to like a boss. Yeah. Or if there weren't bosses, because that was a very real possibility. Um, Like, if not to a boss, then at least to the point in the game where it felt like a boss should be. Yeah. And then stop. Like basically play for like an hour tops. Mm hmm. And then I just I started seeing stuff in it and it was like, oh, they did this. Oh, they have this. <laughs> and then I just like I became fascinated with the whole experience. And I just really wanted to know how much more there was and there kept being more <laughs> they had like okay so the boss encounters are really flaccid because they don't like there's no dialogue for them there's no uh there's no dialogue for them there's no music it doesn't even lock you into the room so like it's just a room with a big thing that you fight yeah, and, and like, and the okay. thing doesn't usually do much. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you can tell, like, you can tell in some areas how incomplete the game actually is. Right. Because there are some enemies that just break. Like, they'll they'll attack a couple of times, and then they just kind of get stuck. I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's a like a weird hit-stun thing, but there were a lot of challenges that I cleared by just walking up to them and hitting them with the sword over and over. And then they just kind of stopped doing anything. <laughs> they were like, OK, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like it's busted. Like it's it's not a it's not a very. Um, it, it's it's not a very deep game. Uh, it's no. just like having played Symphony of the Night. I kept expecting for them to just kind of gloss over things or skip things or just like, oh, well, you know, obviously they're not going to obviously they're going to skip leveling or stats or equipment or like, you know, rather than make it a Metroidvania where you have to actually obtain movement abilities. 
maybe instead they will just uh maybe they'll just make it a straight platformer yeah where you just kind of or you know the castle will be smaller or whatever like something and i just kept seeing like no they didn't actually compromise on any of this Mm-mm. like that was a team of people that went in and were like we are going to get the full symphony of the night experience running on this piece of hardware period yeah and they did they did i don't know how they did but they did it's definitely all there now it's you know it's messy and gross and it doesn't (laughs) play particularly well but i i am stunned at what a like nearly feature complete experience that game is i think i think it's it's also important to remember that um (laughs) <laughs> the save system oh yeah is is now passwords <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't just... know that the GameCom even had internal saves if it did i'm certain it didn't have internal saves that could handle a symphony of the night save <laughs> especially since it is saving like your item progress your uh, your uh, your item progress, your stats. <laughs> hey, your your level. Yeah. The uh, which item like which items you've obtained, but also which bosses you've beaten. Like, there's a lot in there. For a you know, for a relatively what am i what am i trying to say here i mean it's it's there's a there's a lot to go in the save file for a low powered system for well and for a game that was canceled like the game is pretty much complete for as complete as a gamecom game can be and so the only thing that i looked at that seemed um the only thing that i looked at where i was like oh it kind of feels like maybe they just decided to or maybe they just didn't finish this is like there is a there you get to the Richter fight. You do the Richter fight or you have your familiar uh, beat the Richter fight for you while you're in the dialogue <laughs> because it just doesn't stop. I think does not care. It just goes up and kills things while you're talking to them. Um and then you do inverted castle and you go through the inverted castle and you gather all of the all of the uh the Vlad items. Yeah. The the eye of Vlad and the 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 tooth and the the ring, the heart, the rib. But then I realized you could just go fight the final boss without them. <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, okay, they that that didn't get like fully implemented." <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, they well, and I imagine they probably would have come up with more than two songs. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're they're rough. Or the music in general is rough. Well, so I mean it's be easy to determine what we're gonna use for <laughs> opening and ending <laughs> songs for the podcast. Yeah, so I think it's I think what's really cool about Castle this game is that it was, you know, theoretically lost at time, but some random mm. dude who 
has a really cool website. It's I, it's Discman, D-I-S-K-M-A-N.com, who has like a, a very detailed, he has a bunch of different website like breaks from his website where if there's one that's all about GameCom, one that's all about the supervision that um that really weird handheld with the big screen um, oh yeah yeah which i had forgotten about and then i was looking just like oh my god i, I remember seeing this thing uh, but so he's got a lot of weird stuff he somehow had the this copy of castlevania on GameCom, and it didn't work so his friend like that i guess restores old technology mm-hmm. fixed some things cleaned it up and then it ran and it was running perfectly so he sold it on ebay and it sold for i don't know like eight grand or something and then whoever bought that gave the dump of the rom to you know the internet yeah and now we have it so it's it's what a it's so weird and obscure that theoretically this person could have programmed the game himself to work on the game com i don't know why he would spend that much time <laughs> yeah yeah doing yeah, yeah. that but what a cool like what a cool piece of history to have just sitting in your house and you're like hey neat and then someone else was able to restore it and now mm-hmm. we were able to to play this this game that shouldn't have ever been released and we don't even know who made it because there are no credits <laughs> there are no credits i beat the game and it kicked me back to menu and honestly i i mentioned this because i was like you know what like there are there are limitations forced upon these games by the hardware that they're making it for that i yeah. don't think are really their fault or something they could have honestly done something about agreed yeah um but within that, there is so much impressive work that was done to make that game run as well as it does and yeah, make the- it like functional and complete <laughs> in a way that it never should have been. Yeah, to, to me, it feels like the, the, the probably, you know, two people that had to work on this were like, holy crap. <laughs> like, this is what this is. This is what we're doing. We're going to make this work as best we can. Yeah, like. <laughs> They it would have been so understandable for them to just mail it in and be like, yeah, okay, Castlevania for the GameCom. Yeah, just make whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I legitimately want to know who it was that worked on this port because I want to know what else they made. Yeah, I I would. If they ever got an opportunity to make a real video game, I would like to know. Yeah. Like there is there was talent. There was talent that was on like that was put into practice to make this work as well as it did. And there's only so much they could have done. Mm -hmm. And within that, I think they did everything that they were able to do. But like, (laughs) I want to see them sort of like unleashed upon like a real development cycle in a real video game to see what they could have actually done. Yeah, because I think it would have been really impressive. Yeah, I would like to. I would. I really would like to know what else they've done. It'd also be fun to see if they. I would like. I just. I would like to see what their credits are. Yeah, across the board, even even for the the animator, and I don't know. I'm. Mm-hmm. I, it's just weird that Castlevania Symphony of the Night exists on the like the GameCom is such a disaster of a system. I know. I know. It, and we be- talked about this a little bit. I we because it's so complete, the question came up as like, why didn't they if they put this much work into it? Why didn't they just throw it out there? Yeah, because like clearly the development time went in. Like they could have released it like this, 
And then we got to talking about it. It's like, oh, this is in an era where you had to take manufacturing costs <laughs> of the cartridges into account. And they probably took long enough on the development of the game that they got to the point where it's like, yeah, the GameCom is not really a viable console. Yeah, and this out- is a way like even putting even putting forth the manufacturing costs to make cartridges of this would be just throwing good money after bad. <laughs> I, I know there's a Resident Evil 2 on GameCom, which might be we, we might not be done with GameComing. I mean, now that I know how to use the emulator, I'm kind of curious. There's only I, like 17 games on it. Yeah, we can go through the entire Gamecom library if we want, where we do like three in a stream. I I spent the first like 15 minutes of my stream playing the onboard solitaire game. (laughs) Oh, I missed that. (laughs) It's the worst. Solitaire is so difficult to mess up, and it's the worst solitaire game I have ever seen. (laughs) I'm I'm sending you some images of Resident Evil 2 on the Gamecom, and once again, it seems like Whoever does the sprite work for these really tries hard. Yeah, there's there's effort. It's <laughs> mind you, it is a fully grayscale screen as well. Like, yeah. like it is it is monochromatic as hell. And even within that, it's like, oh, yeah, no, this looks weirdly good. Yep. Yep. Oh, oh, dude. Resident Evil 2 has a save feature. When you pick up a ribbon, you can use a typewriter because there is battery-backed internal memory of the GameCom. Okay, there is. I, I so thought they there just... had to be some... Oh, go ahead. Right. I was just going to say, they just decided to not do that for uh, for Symphony of the Night, or maybe it just wasn't fully implemented. I th- I'm guessing it wasn't full... Maybe it wasn't fully implemented yet or something because the g- it does have map... The map percentage complete in, in Castlevania. Like, you can go to your top scores thing or whatever on the the home of game, you know, the GameCom, mm-hmm. and it will say the map percentage that you've acquired, even though it's impossible to tell because the map was just drawn in MS Paint and you can see everything. <laughs> yeah, the map is so bad. <laughs> and yet it's like weirdly functional. It totally works. It's just... I, that honestly kind of describes the whole game, like yes, really yeah. bad, but weirdly functional. Yeah. I mean, you played through the whole freaking game. <laughs> and that that's the whole that's the whole thesis statement is like boy this really isn't good but it's less not good than i expected and that's worthy of praise i mean so like i'm thinking i'm thinking if we were to if we were to dive into you know more of the game com you know we we can do some some sonic sonic jam is on this which i oh yeah yeah i think it's i believe what you're doing i think what sonic jam is is you're getting like pieces of sonic games or something or like very yeah that models. sounds right it's it's I like a know. remix or something yeah um so you know there's that there's there's resident evil 2 which i said there's a jurassic park game which i'm not sure about that one but there's you know duke nukem batman and robin mm-hmm, <laughs> like, I, mean, mm-hmm. I would be a first person shooter on the game that's the one i remember uh my my buddy brandon had the game com he, he wouldn't let me play it though we were on a train and I don't know why he wouldn't let me play it, but he, he was, was playing. He Duke was saving Nukem. you. Yeah, he was very excited about his GameCom that uh, with, with his with his modem that you had to buy so you could connect online. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> it's that that high octane uh, 
1997 portable internet. I I remember the era of buying proprietary modems for things that had like no business being on the internet. <laughs> I mean, the GameCom, one of their big advertising things was about how you could browse the internet or something on it. Yep. Because yeah. obviously the game oh, that's why was, they called it the dot com, right? Yeah, it was yeah, it was playing off of the the big, you know, the the the, the bubble, yeah, the, the dot com bubble of the like 90s. dot com. Like at that time, and to an extent, even still, dot com meant internet. Yeah, it does. I think it still does. Yeah, and what's it's it's weird that it's game com, but they put the dot in it just so it make it. Oh yeah, now I know what that that's what that means because you're right. not supposed to say game dot com. No. <laughs> which no, which, but that's still the. That's still I, I, the uh, the energy that it's putting out. Yeah, yeah, and I think if, if you really want to just summarize the the Gamecom, just Google the Gamecom uh, marketing commercial. Yeah, because yeah, it's, that it's, commercial that is just like it's, it's one of literally the, just like yeah, that, that is, yeah, that is the commercial. It might as well be. I, that's it, it's one of the more offensive. <laughs> commercials hey 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 you cannot do that it's okay so this is a this is a great that's a great analogy for uh what someone should have said to the marketing team yeah it's true like hey you're you're not even wrong like just calm down this is this isn't gonna last yeah it's not worth it (laughs) yeah no the the advertising is it is peak 90s edge cringe oh yeah in which they have rather notably a um a little person yes with colored hair that looks vaguely like guy fieri yeah i I would say that's the vibe they're going for but although i don't know if guy fieri was a thing at that time but that's that's the general vibe um who is up on stage, um, p- presumably at some sort of press conference. I think it's supposed to be like, a, yeah, like an E3 kind of thing. And they are asking questions about the Gamecom. Or like they're off, like they're there to answer questions. Yeah. yeah. And people in the crowd are asking questions about the Gamecom. And the responses are all, you're dumb. Yeah, you're dumb. Next question. Yeah. You're stupid. And then the crowd charges him on stage and that's i i i don't know what the message is there i I don't know because the the takeaway for me is why are you asking questions about the gamecom that's dumb (laughs) yeah that's that's that is what they're that is the message that they're sending yes which in retrospect is the right message it, it is the objectively correct message. I don't think it's the message they would have wanted to go for. No, I believe that's probably correct. I don't think that they were. I don't. I, I really don't get it. Like, I, I watched the Sega Saturn commercial, you know, the U.S. one where there's the disembodied floating head kind of yelling and being wild and trying to be scary. Or Why whatever. did we get that and Japan got Sega to Sanjiro? I, I don't know. It's not fair. It's just not fair. Actually, it's, it's wonderful because now we I get to talk about it and most people don't know what it is, which is fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> but, but yeah, we got we got that weird guy, which which strange. And that's kind of like the 90s, you know, in your face marketing. That's it's fine. 
the Gamecom <laughs> 90s marketing is is even a question mark in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Like, clearly it didn't work. Like, I don't think anyone watched that commercial was like, yeah, that's... I'm gonna get a Gamecom. That's for me, because I'm stupid. Yep. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. Neither did Tiger, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm really glad. I'm I'm thankful for. To be honest, this podcast is is it's fun to talk about the Gamecom. It's it's really cool to talk about Symphony of the Night for the Gamecom, and I think it highlights sort of the joy of what the internet can bring, right? Because this yeah. would have just been forever forgotten. Uh, I didn't even know it was. A th- I didn't even not even know it was like a possibility that this was a, a video game in existence. Yeah, yeah. So it's just I I, I enjoyed f- like finding out about that piece of history, which is why again you like that that YouTube channel the yeah yeah i mean like because that's what it's about in a lot of ways yeah it's just uncovering stuff where it's like hey did you know this is a thing yeah and the answer is almost always no (laughs) yeah and this is is like this was one where i was like i have to know i have to try it yep and i'm really really glad that i did because wow (laughs) like it's again like it's bad like it doesn't play well but it's serviceable and just it's kind of stunning just how close to the original they got it in a lot of ways yeah like no one no one would have known or cared if they had done like a stripped down low effort port (laughs) i mean clearly we're not even sure they would have cared (laughs) Honestly, who's to like, say? Right, like like we don't know. It's it's there's a lot going on in this in this horrible game. Yep. <laughs> and it's really cool. Truth. <laughs> I got nothing else. I got nothing else. Honestly, like if you are if you're interested in trying it, uh the the emulation for the GameCom is difficult the emulator that i got which appears to be the only available one is like hasn't been updated since like 1999 or something like that so it is not the most intuitive of software um reach out at uh the retro breakdown at gmail.com if you would like a uh a pointer on how to get started with that and i'll point you in the right direction because it's yeah. it's difficult, but like once you know what it's doing, once you know how it all works, it's not that tough. But the yeah. emulator was, I mean, I had to walk you through it. It's not exactly intuitive. No, I mean it's it's not a normal way of loading in games and stuff, and right? And getting them to run. But, uh, but once once you, I mean it's it's something that can be explained to you in in a very short email. So if you are curious and want to try it out, it wouldn't be. Yeah, uh, I would be happy to help. Yeah, because it yeah, is a nice it is a genuinely interesting experience. And yeah, then you can do the Michael Jackson toe tap. And then you can do the Michael Jackson toe tap <laughs> to the two tracks in the game, including this one. 